This is a crowd podcast. Welcome to the Fertility Podcast, where we aim to educate and empower you on your fertility journey, whatever stage you're at. I'm Natalie Silverman, a broadcaster and fertility coach, and I had my son after successful fertility treatment. And I'm Kate Davis, an independent fertility nurse consultant. We'll be your trusted guides, chatting each week with experts and people just like you to let you know you're not alone. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of the Fertility Podcast. I feel, Kate, like I have come out into bloom over the last week. I feel like I've got, I'm wearing t-shirts most days and I Are feel you? like it's, do you not, are you not feeling this? You're, I know you've got knitwear on. Do you not? I've got knitwear on because it's bloody freezing here <laughs> and it has been for the last, even the weekend it was sunny, but it was blinking cold. I say that. And actually, I'm thinking, yes, I'm wearing T-shirts, but there have been the odd few days where I've been putting a layer of thermal under my T-shirt. So maybe I'm getting a bit uh, ahead of myself. Yeah. But still, it definitely feels like, I mean, I was playing tennis the other night for the first time in the evening. That was pretty fun. Back outside, it was like half past seven, quarter to eight at night. Could still see the balls. That felt quite liberating. There was people I'd never met playing tennis with me. I mean, I met strangers for the first time in a long time. Have you met, have you met any strangers lately? Uh, yes, I out on a walk, but then, you know, you might do that. But going back to kind of the weather, I always remember my dad used to say, never cast a clout till May is out. Huh. Nice. Have you never heard that before? No. So you, you, you're not supposed to strip off clothes until May is out. Right. Okay, okay well, I'll keep my thermals on then. Oh, but talking dude. of colder places, I wanted to actually just mention the very wonderful Jessica Hepburn, who, if you're yet to discover, just... Google Jessica and we'll put a link in the show notes because Jessica is a formidable voice in the fertility space and she's currently at base camp on Everest. I mean, yes. If you know who she is, you'll be like, yes, because she's been sending out updates of where she's at. And I just had one the other day and uh, sent it on to Kate and, and mm. felt it, it deserved a good bit of airtime because it certainly does. When Jessica had announced her Everest trip and Kate and I we're talking to him, we were like, can we, can we check in with you? And it was all about ambitious because I don't think there's that many um, satellite bones to go around and she's got more important things to maybe keep her busy rather than um, <laughs> checking than in with us. To us. But that said, she is at base camp and Kate, as a fellow climber, because she's just done the, the practice climb before she does the next stage, Labuche, Labuche mountain oh, that they had to Labuche. climb before, which she says is higher than Kilimanjaro, which I know you've done. Yeah. 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 So base camp is lower than Kilimanjaro, mm. which is why I guess she's doing an acclimatization walk or <laughs> climb to a higher mountain to then come back down to base camp. And I remember she says in the email, doesn't she, you know, that in itself is, is, is a massive, massive challenge to do. And I think, gosh, I could not, after climbing Kilimanjaro, I could not have then stayed at base camp and then climbed Everest, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then yeah. has to come um, back and then settle into the new home of being yeah. at base camp. I mean, Pretty horrendous, but that will all be to acclimatise and get her body ready and it'll all be part of the training to actually then make that ascent on um, on the summit, which I just cannot imagine what that must feel like. Yeah. That, that, that knowledge that that's going to be happening in however long it is, I just can't, I can't grasp that in my mind. I was scared enough climbing Kilimanjaro, yeah, yeah. I just can't imagine. On, at times, yeah. yeah, at times I was. I mean, remember summit, summit night, I was petrified. I think yeah. that fear, I, I just, I don't know whether I could 
do it because of the the fear and and when she talks about it being brutal and how it literally takes your breath away yeah she said Jessica says she's a teeny bit terrified but mm. if you want to follow her progress there's the CTSS blog she's in team two which I'll put a link in the show notes because that's the kind of blog that the the Sherpas are sharing and we'll obviously keep you updated when we hear more from Jessica mm. but I just wanted to just wanted to mention her because um she's a friend of the show and friends of ours and it's so amazing mm. what she's doing it is it is I'm in awe now, this episode is all about your mental health. And um, we just described an amazing kind of example of somebody who really went through a whole host of trials and tribulations in her fertility treatment and, and didn't get the outcome that she'd expected. Jessica has her book, Pursuit of Motherhood, and 21 Miles, where she swum the channel. And actually, this challenge that she's doing will hopefully, touch wood, will make her, she will become the first woman to have gone peak to ponds so pond to peak pond to peak she would have gone pond to peak which is swimming <laughs> swimming the channel and climbing everest i mean it's just remarkable yeah but the, the the whole the emotional toll of fertility treatment and the mental health implications is such a huge part and the support wasn't as available as it is now when i was going through treatment from a from a peer point of view but also from a technology point of view and you're going to hear a conversation that we've had with the founders of fertility circle abby and karen who both share their story and their reasons for setting up because they've both been through their own experiences and are still going through it and i just wanted to explain i suppose what is available because the kind of traditional support that we have heard about is counseling isn't it that's kind of normally what people are are told all the clinics will have counsellors that you're more often than not going to be recommended to speak to. And if you're eligible for funded treatment, there there will be access to the counsellors as part of your treatment. If you're self-funding, obviously, then whatever the package is that you're doing, there's going to be access to the counsellor as well. And I know from the many conversations that I've had, some people take it, most people don't. Yeah, it's true. It's really true. And I think certainly when it comes to NHS as well, you might only be offered with one time to chat to a counsellor and that can often be just talking about what to expect and perhaps some of the implications surrounding it rather than going in depth because how can you go in depth and on your own kind of emotional health in just one session yeah I mean what do you think about counselling versus I guess coaching which both you and I are involved with and know quite a lot about Well, I had a bit of counselling and it benefited me, but it wasn't at the initial stages. And I think at the initial stages, it needs to be explained to you how much of a toll this can take. And I don't think there's any right or wrong way to get support. But what I think is lacking is this awareness of how much impact this is going to have on your world. And in the work I do as as a freedom fertility uh, formula specialist is really look at all those impacts in the way that I talk to my clients about their emotional well-being from work, from relationships, from friendships, money stresses, physical health, mental health. And I think if they were conversations that you were having when you're from your GP in the secondary care or even at the start of the fertility treatment conversations, then you'd probably take it more seriously because what seems to happen is we don't ask for this help or we don't try and get this help until we've hit a real low point. And that's not to say that you can't then come up from there. But just imagine if you factored this in earlier, which is why we want to have this conversation at this stage in this kind of journey that we're mapping out. Yeah, and I think you're right that that whole I mean, I, I know that the ladies that I see, and I'm sure the ladies that you see often come to us, don't they when they're in a really, really dark place, really dark place. And they've lost a lot of hope, a lot of optimism, they feel that their life is all consumed with trying to conceive that there's no joy left in their life 
partly because they've pushed out without unwittingly, they've pushed out a lot of that joy because they're not accepting invites. Certainly now we're back from post COVID, but you know, perhaps not accepting invites because to different places to see different people because they don't want to have those conversations or they don't want to have to explain why they're not drinking or so many different factors. You don't, you avoid taking at nice holidays again when we could you don't take job promotions life is on hold yeah life is on hold and it's a very difficult place to be but like you say if you're prepared earlier on then surely you could avoid those pitfalls couldn't you I'd be interested to hear your thoughts if you're listening and thinking oh, I don't feel I need it yet because that's part of the, the conversation in hindsight you know I'm someone who's been through treatment saying that I think it would be much better if I'd thought of it earlier and Kate, in the conversations that you've had, you know, you're hearing the same thing. And it, it does seem to be a common theme that we wish we'd done it sooner. But, you know, please t- tell us what you think. Maybe you don't feel you need it. And that's all well and good, too. But I think just knowing that this is going to have an impact and, and being aware of the things, the triggers that that could knock you and sideball you when you, you're not really expecting it and enabling yourself maybe to self-protect is part of what this conversation is all about because I know that in some of the conversations I've had people have just felt that say they have gone down the counselling route and I'm not saying that one is better than the other but that might just be a a conversation rather than actually having practical tips and tools and and ideas of things that you can do to self-protect and be that be boundaries be that be following people on social media quite obvious things that you might already be utilising in your everyday but they're so relevant to you whilst you're struggling to conceive. I mean, the amount of time the digital detox conversation, you know, has been has been prominent, ironically, on social media. But I think it's so important. So in this conversation, you're going to hear Abby and Karen talk about what they've made available in the Fertility Circle app. It is an app that, you know, you can have for free on your phone. And there are all sorts of other apps. But we were quite keen to hear their stories because it's come from both of them being in places where they needed it. They've created what they needed. And I think what we're seeing and what we're finding within this community is these these tools and these products and these different things are coming from people who have been through this and they get it and they're filling a they're filling a gap. Yeah. And I suppose if you think about the reason why you set up the Fertility Podcast, it was exactly the same reason, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was to talk about something that I didn't think was being talked about. I mean now that's totally yeah. changed. But yeah. So Hopefully you'll enjoy and learn and find more resources. And I think the fact that you can have resources in your pocket, literally in this precious piece of kit that we all can't help looking at. I've just waved my phone at Kate. That didn't really convey very well on the podcast. <laughs> I'm waving my phone. But um, do let us know. And um, you can follow me at Fertility Poddy. And me at Your Fertility Journey. And we'll be back at the end to remind you once again of how you can get in touch. What we really wanted to chat with you both about was what led you really to create the Fertility Circle app, because this episode is all about support. And it's something that Kate and I are, are really passionate about. It's why we do what we do. And I know, Kate, you probably, like me, have seen this kind of explosion of ways which people are supported. Do you, Kate, get a sense from the people that you're speaking to that, that they're feeling like they can access more? Definitely. I mean, I think back to when, and probably because you and I both kind of appeared on the scene around the same time, didn't we, about seven years ago. And I think back to what was available then, and it's completely different to now. And in fact, I had somebody on my Instagram the other day saying that they wish all of this amazing information had been available 
10 years ago when they were trying to conceive and it just wasn't so I think there is so much choice there now for women which is just and men which is just incredible and in those time frames then ladies what's your kind of time frame of being in this TTC world Abby you tell me so I would echo actually what you guys just said in that really the first time I was trying was between kind of four to seven years ago. So I was trying for about three years, starting seven years ago. And it was exactly that. I just felt there was nothing out there. And I was really kind of lost. I spent endless hours on Google researching fertility. I wasted a ton of money on practitioners that weren't right for me in the kind of desperate hope to find someone to support me through the journey. And really, like ultimately, I made some really poor decisions that will have lifelong consequences for for my health generally, actually. And so when I was going through it, I just felt that there had to be a better way. And so I suppose Fertility Circle is kind of what I wished had existed when when I was trying. And I totally agree. There's there's so much out there now, which is wonderful. And people have got lots to choose from, which I think is just great for for the community. And was it similar for you, Karen? I mean, I, I know so many of us have had so many rabbit holes and an overwhelm. Tell me a bit about what your experience was. Yeah, so around the same sort of time frame, so about seven years ago, I sort of started. And likewise, I also felt that I I didn't actually know where to find support. And it wasn't until we started working in the fertility circle that I realised there are actually support groups out there. There are actually local support groups close to me that I could have attended, but I had no idea they even existed. So I just I feel like it's really important that people know where to find support if they really need it. And that's kind of one of our main reasons that we wanted to create the fertility circle just so that people can access support when they need it most because you've been curating in essence all sorts from experts to little content that people can can experience and abby i'm just keen to go back on what you said about some of the decisions that you made in terms of practitioners what do you feel what was like a motivation for making sure things weren't missing in what you were putting together from your experience Yeah. So I think that what happened for me was that I was very, really vulnerable to start off with. And with my personality, I'm always kind of looking for answers. You know, I need to find like the thing, everything that I can do and do everything possible to make sure I get kind of the right outcome. And um, someone recommended surgery for me, which actually wasn't the right thing, it turns out. But I kind of rushed into this without really kind of exploring what the right options were. And that surgery went wrong, actually. And I perforated an organ. Well, I didn't. The surgeon did. So it all, and I was then in hospital for a long time and I was sick for about four months afterwards. Oh, gosh. And and that was really all brought about by not having the right information in the beginning to really just understand what was going on with my fertility and my health and to actually explore what the right avenues would have been for treatment. So that was like a massive motivator for me, really, to make sure that other people didn't make the same kind of decisions and and didn't feel the lack of information and forced them into decisions that they otherwise wouldn't have taken. You know, looking back, I would do things so differently now with all the information I've got. And even, you know, as I'm trying for number two, um, I'm making very, very different decisions than I did the first time. And uh, I feel much more... empowered in my decision making so yes that's kind of that was my experience and that's why I'm so passionate about empowering people to make the right fertility choices for them really so is it important then to to both of you that you have 
a whole range of different experts because obviously you've not just got medical experts or clinical experts you've got a whole range of different therapists complementary therapists you know a really lovely range that people can choose from it was that important then so that you're offering you're offering women and men the option to go down whichever route they want I suppose yeah, it's definitely important because like, have you seen like before when we were first trying, we didn't have access to all these experts and all this support. And for me, I didn't actually realize that you could have a fertility coach, you could find a nutritionist to support you with your fertility. And so now that we're trying for number two, we've got help from people and advice about nutrition, but there's so many ways you can naturally support your fertility. So it's important that we have experts to cover all these different fields. And can I, can I add to that? I also found, I think for me, it's really important to have both the holistic and the clinical aspects of fertility. So the holistic part was a huge part of my journey. And actually, I you know, fundamentally believe that the mind-body connection is real and is hugely influential in terms of your, your fertility, potentially in, in terms of outcomes, but also in, in the way that you cope with what's going on. It was a massive part of my journey and it's been a massive part of my life generally for you know, the last 10 years, really. And so I really wanted to make sure that was incorporated and people had support from the whole kind of spectrum of fertility. So we're really excited about all the different experts we've got working with us. You know, people can learn so much from all of them. And that's brilliant. And I, I completely agree with you. I think you I think sometimes when it comes to fertility, we're so quick to rush down the medical route. Uh, and absolutely, you know, that's what we need to be doing but not to the exclusion of our mind and actually having the ability to have therapies or, you know, whether it be acupuncture, reflexology, whatever it is, alongside the medical model, I think is, is vitally important. I would say never instead of, as far as I'm concerned anyway, but then I would say that because I'm biased, but having the two in conjunction with each other can be incredibly useful. Totally agree. For me, I wouldn't have a baby without, you know, going down the medical route. It wasn't possible. I needed both. And the marriage of both of those things, I think, is what's important. And do you both feel, I know that since you've launched, we've obviously been in the, the, the midst and the height of the pandemic. And we've talked within the podcast about this time and this halting of time being something that we can use to our advantage whilst it is massively frustrating when people are waiting for treatment and if things have been halted. Have you seen within the kind of activity around the app people maybe being, I suppose you can't necessarily tell how much more considered they're being, but in terms of the kind of stuff that people are consuming, because we hope we've been talking about it quite a lot in the work that we do. We're encouraging people to not feel rushed and to take advantage of this this time. Can you see that in 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 the kind of feedback that you're getting? Yeah, definitely. And I think also personally, we've done that ourselves. For a lot of us, we've been forced to take that break. We have had no choice in the matter. So you look for ways that you can actually make a difference yourself or things that you can do to be proactive to kind of get you there so that you are prepared when you are ready and it's something that a lot of our experts have been supporting people with as well um, during this time. Yeah I think so important isn't it to take almost like it's been like a bit of a, a reset and, and take the opportunity to maybe stand back a little bit think about your the path to creating your family and what you want to add into that mix. Um, that's definitely what I've been seeing quite a lot from my patients. Tell us a bit more about the app then, because it's been incredibly successful. You've had almost 5,000 downloads, I hope that's right, since it was launched. You know, that's amazing. Tell us a little bit more about what's in the app, what people can expect, 
and your experiences of using the app how's it been yeah we're super excited with kind of where we are now i think we're four months in and yes you're right five thousand downloads which is really Ooh, exciting really good yep yeah and so really i guess the way we want people to feel when they're using the app is that we're kind of like your best friend with all the fertility smarts so we really provide i guess four kind of core things at the moment so the first is a community to connect with peers the second is a platform to connect with experts the third is kind of amazing content resources products and services to inform inspire and empower and the last one is trying to offer really the very best in emotional well-being and support that's kind of what we're trying to do and we do that in lots of different ways in the app so you can kind of go to our learn section and read lots of different articles on different things or head over to the watch section where you'll find playbacks of events that we've hosted and also what we call bite-sized tutorials which are really short kind of snippets of information um, created by our experts that you can watch as well we run some live events. We have an ask the expert area where you can go in and just ask any fertility related questions that you've got. We've got an offers section with lots of wonderful offers from our experts and some planning tools as well to support people through kind of that fertility wellness piece or also through their IVF journey as well. Am I forgetting anything, Karen? I probably am. <laughs> um, I think you've covered it. Yeah. You both talked about being at a kind of similar stage in terms of trying for, for, for number two. How, how are you finding being in this space, working in this space whilst going through what you're going through? Because I know personally through my experience of, with the podcast that there's times where being immersed in this amazing community can be triggering. And we talk very much about the importance of our emotional well-being. And you know, it's something that I and Kate are both very, you know, dedicated to. And and, and I've, I've had to take steps back in the work I do. How have you found that experience? Yeah, it's definitely challenging at times. I do a lot of the, our social media posts and I'm engaging with our community quite a lot. And often things will come up that are triggering for me, particularly if it's if I'm experiencing some issues myself or if I'm going through some difficult periods, it can be hard. But equally, it's also nice to know that other people out there understand you. It's almost like having a friend. Part of your therapy. You, yeah. And you don't have to you don't have to explain everything in depth because they just get it. So in some ways, it's, it's really nice to have that support. Yeah, I agree. I'm literally in the midst of treatment right now and I've had a bad weekend on the fertility front, actually. So, um, but I think you can take a step back, can't you, sometimes and, and have a kind of moment away from it all and then come back kind of feeling refreshed and, and feeling ready to kind of support and be supported. I think it works both ways. So, and I think that's really helpful as well. Yeah. And I think it's so important for any of us working in the field of fertility to make sure that we do look after ourselves and we get support from some avenue as well because without that I think it is difficult to keep going and keep doing what you're doing and again you know I think it's so easy for us when we're busy to forget about ourselves but that's one of the most important things because without you girls the app wouldn't be there and you wouldn't be supporting lots of people so it's so important to look after yourselves as well. Definitely. And I'm really grateful I've got Karen, who's amazing, you know, throughout this whole thing. So thank you to Karen for that. And Abby. I mean, it is hard when we are sometimes going through treatment at the same time. You know, if one person is successful and the other isn't, that can be really hard. But equally, it's nice to have that support and to have a a buddy to go through it with you. Mm. So did you two meet 
as a result of being in the community or did you meet anyway and then it just was coincidence you both needed treatment? We met NCT, didn't we? We actually met okay. at an NCT group okay. and our kids are one day apart. They're born one Aww. day apart, um, which is really sweet. So, And then we just got to talking, didn't we, Karen, about everything and decided that we would start working on this. Yeah. And, and also we somehow end up doing fertility treatment at the same time. So last year we both did it at the same time. This year we're currently doing it at the same time again. It wasn't oh, planned. Gosh. It just has happened that way. Um, so we're very it's quite much amazing. That's quite amazing. When you mentioned about you've got the RC expert section, how much is that utilised and what and, and who do you have answering? So we have only just actually introduced it. I think we're about three weeks in to it, you know, properly launching. And we have a rotating kind of duty. So we have maybe two or three experts on per week and it switches around between all the different experts we've got involved. So some weeks we'll have, you know, a clinician and an acupuncturist. Some weeks we'll have, say, a nutritionist um, and a coach, for example. So it switches around. And so far, everyone's been really positive about it. We've had, I think, we have questions every week, some some weeks more than others. But because we're only three weeks in, it's hard to tell. But I think it's going to prove really popular. When we look at the data in our app, we can see how many users are going in different areas. And we can see that's one of our more popular areas. So I think it will be really well used. I love that you can find out that stuff. I mean, because we've just launched our Ask the Expert uh, section on this podcast through kind of traditional methods, I suppose, of um, asking people for their questions on our social media. But I love that you can, you can, that's the beauty of the technology that we've got at our fingertips. And the fact that people have got this support literally in the palm of their hand, I think, is what is so amazing. Because I'm always saying in my Facebook group, please come here and rant, you know, if you're going to a challenging place or, you know, like we do on Instagram. But sometimes I think people feel a bit more comfortable in a more closed community which I'm sure you found with the app and I definitely find in the fertility podcast closed Facebook group that you and people are obviously making friendships and like you guys have found yourself I mean Kate and I in a different way you know our friendship is through this space and it it is I think a really kind of amazing and and special thing that that you find with one another when you've got this link this bizarre topic that we find ourselves exploring day after day yeah, it totally does. And I found that um, I didn't really have anyone in my network that had been through it because all of my friends are literally the most fertile people on the planet. So <laughs> I always felt quite alone in this experience. So it's so nice to be able to connect with people that get it. Yeah, I was quite fortunate. My very best friend, she had experienced some fertility issues quite a few years before I started trying. So I'd sort of been on that journey a bit with her and I had that supported well. her through that. Um, so that was quite nice to have her support through it. But with a lot of my other friends, I think I got tired of having to explain everything all the time. And you really just want someone who who understands, which is what people can find when they come and connect with the community. Well, we'll put the details, of course, in the show notes. This episode is all about support. And we just really want to kind of highlight for you the different ways because everybody needs to find what's right for them. And an app might be exactly what someone needs, whereas uh, sitting face to face with somebody else when we are allowed, or at least in front of somebody on a, on a Zoom chat, which is what is more normal at the moment, might be for you. But, but that's what we really wanted to highlight the different ways because it's brilliant what you girls have done and really excited. And um, not just as a caveat, not just saying it because I am on the list of of, um, of mind body experts, but I really wanted to get you in to, to have a little chat with Kate and I, because I know we're both really kind of in awe of, of what you've created, because it, it just, it does feel, it's got that kind of, it's not in your face. And I really like that about it. It's there in a kind of 
lovely, maybe it's the, the whole analogy of the circle, but it, it just feels like it's there. And it's always been there. You know, it feels like it's, it's, it's fitting in a, in a perfect, perfect way. So looking forward oh, to what happens you. next. Yes, Thanks. So exciting. Thank you very much. And we're so glad to have you as part of our team of experts and have your support. Yay. Definitely. Ask the expert. 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 So this is a question from one of our listeners saying, I'm wondering whether anyone has had any intolerance testing done and if so, where? I was talking to someone the other day who mentioned making sure that I'm not eating anything that I'm intolerant to because your body needs to be concentrating on being as healthy as possible and creating healthy eggs instead of fighting off infection or inflammation. I've had a rash on and off and now I think it might be down to intolerance, but I can't figure out a pattern so I'd like to get checked. Looking at places like Intolerance Lab, they test your hair, but looking at the NHS website, this doesn't appear to be medically proven or reliable. So I'm not sure how else to go about it. And she also asks, how much can intolerances affect egg quality and inflammation and therefore pain in relation to endo? Wow, that's a lot. That's that's a lot in one question. I think there's probably a, a good reason why it's not on the NHS website, because at the moment, the level of evidence doesn't suggest it has any impact. I think looking at intolerance in terms of symptoms like rash, et cetera, et cetera, is is very, very sensible. But I think to do that in the context of fertility, really, it's not something I'd recommend. And my concern would be that this person and others might be going down a a road that might end up being a very expensive one without any significant benefit. There's a little bit of a link with nutrition and endometriosis, possibly. Uh, So seeing a nutritionist for that may be sensible. Ask the expert. 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 So, as we always say, there'll be details in the show notes of how you can follow what's going on with Fertility Circle. And please, please do let us know where you're at in terms of getting support because we're really keen to learn more about what's working for you and what doesn't. Maybe an app is right up your street, but maybe a Facebook group is more your thing. If so, there is the Fertility Podcast Facebook group, a closed, safe one, because in the past, when we just had the page, people were saying they didn't want other people to see what pages they were following. And we totally get that. There are closed hidden places for you to come and talk to other people who totally get your tummy yes could you hear it oh my god it's been doing it loads that was the loudest one (laughs) whoops sorry for the interruption everybody about my tummy um your tummy is welcome in the closed facebook group so come and join us there you can follow me on my socials at fertility buddy and me on your fertility journey And please, please do just take a moment to rate and review this podcast. It means so much to us to know if what we're sharing with you is of use, but also to anybody else who is trying to decide what they're going to listen to. It makes them know that people are bothering to say what they think of this podcast in recent times rather than, say, a year ago. So if you do one thing today to help somebody else learn more about their fertility, then if you this podcast, you can do it in whichever app you listen to it in. The easiest one is probably Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Want to say anything else? No. No? Go and have a sandwich. <laughs> Thank you for listening. And until the next time. Crowd Network. A place where you belong. <laughs>